Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight the incredible thought leaders and personalities in our community and discover who they are at home, at work, and in between. You can find all of our podcast episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Dana Johnson, the president of the Society of Women Engineers, and welcome to Diverse, a SWE podcast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at SWE Diverse Podcast. I'm very excited today to be joined by Sarah Schonauer, Rodolfo Goncalves, Brandy Romines, and Jacob Sweezy, contestants from Netflix's Baking Impossible. If you haven't heard yet, they will be joining SWE at WE22, October 20th through 22nd, for a special event at our final celebration party. We are also joined by a surprise and equally exciting guest, Baking Impossible producer and the great British Bake Off finalist, Andrew Smith. Make sure to check out our accompanying blog post to read more about each guest. Thank you all for joining today. I'm so excited that we could find time to talk to all of you before our exciting event in Houston coming up before you know it. Andrew, I'd like to start with you first. We probably still have listeners who aren't familiar with the show or the term baconeering. Since this was your idea, I'm hoping you can explain a little bit where this word came from and its importance to you. Sure, Dana. Well, I'm still trying to get it in the dictionary, but still facing a bit of an uphill challenge <laughs> there. But yes, it came out of uh, the back of Bake Off, where I realized there was quite a surprising overlap between baking and engineering, really. And you could use the baking to explore some interesting engineering principles. And off the back of that, I thought, you know, we need some willing victims uh, that we can bring on <laughs> to a stage, <laughs> set them some devilish challenges, you know, get the best of the best in terms of professional engineers professional bakers and set them these incredible baconeering challenges that not only have to taste great and look great, they have to perform some sort of engineering function as well. And that was where the idea for the stress test was born and all our wonderful baconeers here today and the idea for Baking Impossible. Well, you sure did challenge them throughout the show. I, I know we've talked previously, but I'd love to hear just a little bit about how you came up with some of the ideas for those crazy challenges. And I'm definitely looking forward to getting some input from the contestants here on just how crazy they felt every time they had to read one of those missions from you. Well, so some of them had been in the back of my mind for a long time, because um, also in North America, there's an amazing tradition of gingerbread houses and amazing gingerbread buildings. But I just wondered why nobody had ever put one on an earthquake shaking table before. That seemed like an obvious <laughs> next step to me. So that was definitely on the cards. And we really wanted to explore both the diversity of engineers and the breadth of engineering in terms of disciplines as well. So we didn't want to just stick to structural. We wanted to touch on electrical. We wanted to um, go over a look at some kind of aquatic marine, marine engineering as well in terms of boats and automotive. So we wanted to kind of explore the breadth of everything and really push our bacon ears in different directions. We didn't want to give anybody an advantage who was a specific type of engineer. We wanted to test their all-round skills and problem-solving abilities. And hopefully we, we put them through their paces. 
Yeah. Sarah's I, laughing here in the background. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I am not surprised at all. I, I know when I was watching the shows, I felt like, oh my goodness, I don't know what I would do if I was in this, this boat, no pun intended, but the shake table for sure. I, I love that one, right? I'm a civil engineer by degree. I had to go test things on shake tables, but never anything edible like a six foot tall structure. So that being said, I'm sure that all of our contestants on the, the podcast here have some opinions about what their absolute favorite and their most horrifying challenge was. Sarah, I know we've talked about this previously, but I'm going to kick it off to you just in case any of our listeners don't recall what your previous were. Now you're going to test me to see if I recalled what my previous was. Are you asking about my favorite or the most terrifying? Both of them. Well, my favorite, I think, was working as a team on the golf course because, first of all, at the beginning of it, we had immunity, so it was smooth sail for us, and we could just enjoy ourselves and have a ton of fun, and I think that (laughs) came through. And we also got a chance to work with the other contestants in a totally new and fun way, which was a relief, I think, at that stage of the game. So that was the most fun. And I think the most terrifying, I mean, I've had a lot of, you know, review of this in my mind, but I still go back to the robot episode where we just struggled to get the programming to do what it was supposed to and knew we were going to be top heavy. And there was just issue after issue. And we just struggled on that one. So we hit the low point there. And I think that was probably happy to get over in the beginning as well for me. It's important that you get that low point out of the way. I think that the golf course one will definitely come in handy over the next couple of weeks. I do believe that our special challenge at the celebration will not involve any level of judging or failing or anything like that. No need for immunity here. So hopefully some of those teamwork skills come back into play. For sure. I am so excited to be able to work with this group in a completely collaborative way with no element (laughs) of going home and with our heads hung in shame or anything. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Full disclosure, there's no $100,000 prize. I understand. You know, I'll take whatever's (laughs) left from the back of the cookie truck at the end of the party. I'm sure we will have leftovers. No issue there. But Rodolfo, I want to spin it over to you and get your take on this. What was your favorite challenge and what was your most stressful or scary when you saw it? And let's see if it lines up with Sarah's at all. I think the one that I felt like very scary, it was the first one because it's all about trust. Like I didn't know Sarah at all. So we met for the show and uh, it's not that I have like trust issues, but... (laughs) She's not a baker, so I need to put all my trust on her as well. So I think the first one was like, oh, this is the point that uh, or we're going all the way to win or not. But uh, we connected so well. And Sara, it's a wonderful person to work with. You know, it's a pleasure to be on her side. So I think the first one was the scariest one. The... I think the last one was for me the the top. Like uh, it's impossible to beat that one. So I was very happy at the end. So I think that's the one that uh, I enjoyed the most. And I, we are like very tired as well. Like after <laughs> twenty four hours, like running crazy, like in two days. And I think that we enjoy a lot. But it was very, very consuming. You know, like. You're very stressed. You want to finish. Everything needs to be perfect. Everything needs to work. So it was very stressful as well. 
Definitely understand that. I feel like anytime you're in a time crunch like that, it can be stressful. But of course, winning it always has a little extra cherry on top in a situation like that. Definitely. Yeah. Like this was like, yeah, the cherry on the top. <laughs> yeah, that's a good word. <laughs> no pun intended there. Brandy, tell me a little bit about your favorite and your most stressful. By far, my most stressful was definitely, I agree with Rodolfo, the first one. You know, you can't really see, but there were literally cameras everywhere. And when you've never (laughs) done anything like that before, and you know, I make buttercream every day. I don't ever have to look at my (laughs) recipe, but I couldn't even recall basic functions like how to make frosting, you know, just, (laughs) I was having to constantly look back at my recipe book. And it was just like all just sense of your, you know, everything that you know, just goes out the window and it's, it's crazy, but by far, probably my favorite, although it doesn't involve me was the, the final, because I wanted Sarah and Rodolfo to win so badly. And I literally, you know, I came home and I prayed every single day to, you know, just let them win, let them win. And so that's probably my favorite was getting to see them succeed and getting to see them win. And, you know, I'm just so happy that that was the outcome. So I agree with Rodolfo, the first one. I mean, but obviously the stupid chain reaction thing, that was a nightmare, (laughs) but (laughs) thanks for that, Andrew. But I think the scariest was definitely the first one. It's interesting to see these themes kind of come through of being concerned about building that trust. And so I am definitely sensing there's going to be a great sense of teamwork when you all come together. Jacob, I don't want to forget you. I'm looking forward to hearing your take on this. Yeah, well, I would just want to start by saying that I don't think there was any challenge that wasn't terrifying to approach. (laughs) I remember getting, yeah, finding out each of those challenges was always like I had the biggest adrenaline rush. Like just seeing the boat challenge to start, I was like, like, where could you go from there? (laughs) Um, And so each episode I was like, oh, wow, this is like, I just didn't know what to expect. But I will echo everyone else and just say that the boat was absolutely terrifying because like everyone said, you haven't worked with your partner yet. And it's really terrifying to just jump into that situation and have a nine hour time limit and just, you've got nine hours to build what? And so that, that was really terrifying. And I remember the point where Randy and I had to discuss, did we want to test our boat before the final challenge? And we talked about it for a long time because both of us just were considering the options there. Like if it doesn't work, we just lost our entire piece. So that was probably the most terrifying for me. In terms of exciting, I don't think I can pick a singular episode, but I will have to say that the robot episode was was really fun for me. I felt like it kind of uh, tested my engineering capabilities the most. Excellent. But I also really liked the mini golf course <laughs> simply because... The turtle cake that Randy made was so good. It was um, adorable. Oh my goodness. It was, it was adorable and it tasted <laughs> amazing. Um, well, I'm going to so have I, to trust you on that. Oh, it was I adorable so to see. That but... <laughs> <laughs> but those two are probably my favorite, favorite memories from the, the show. And I will say that we just watched that one again in my house recently. Maybe a little bit of homework for this podcast, but... I was reminded of just how stinking cute that turtle was. He was adorable. Yeah, Fred was awesome. (laughs) Andrew, while we've got you, I wanted to hear some of your thought process now that you have heard some of the opinions from your contestants. Why did you make them work for like nine hours straight on cakes? And how much 
did you think was too much stress for them? That's a great question that I think we calibrated as we went along. <laughs> I think the the boat was a very deliberate decision, actually, at the beginning, if I remember, because I think we, um, you know, apologize to everybody on the call, but we did want to scare people a little bit. We wanted to hit the ground running and kind of set the set the bar pretty high. And we thought, you know, floating cake, that's very unusual. That's definitely something that none of the bakers will have encountered before, because I think we were aware that everybody had such amazing skills in different areas. We didn't want to give anybody an advantage on the first week, which is why we automatically jumped to something a little bit more out there. But I know that was especially challenging because they were learning how to work together for the first time. You know, they could test a little bit as they went along, but there wasn't a lot of time to fix something if you had a major issue. And I think with some of the some of the results that came through uh, when you saw which ones unfortunately sank and then which ones kind of made it all the way to the end. But yeah, they were all very good sports. That is something that I will emphasize. Everybody came into it with a really good attitude and I admired everybody's kind of dig in and let's solve the problems because they knew it was difficult. We knew it was difficult. I had the easy job here, which was trying everything, setting the challenges and watching the chaos unfold. They they were really the the heroes of the series. And don't forget, you had the fun part of eating the cake as well. Yes, of course. And I can confirm Fred was delicious. I, I, I remember Fred's deli- Fred was cute until we plunged a knife into him. Oh, poor Fred. Awesome. I, I love so much of all of this and the way that the show came together. One thing in particular that stands out to me that I feel like I should share with this team is that boat challenge. Sarah and I talked about that boat challenge when we did a podcast back in the spring. And Sarah, I want to say that that is maybe where this whole idea kind of formed from. I think that as we were talking about it, I may have thrown out something casually like, wouldn't it be great if you could try that again? Now, I'm, I think my understanding is that there's no boats coming to Houston, but <laughs> maybe, maybe you could give us a teensy a sneak peek without giving away too many details on what we might see. Yeah, not unlike other times when I thought I was getting into one thing and all of a sudden it changed and scaled itself up. <laughs> we did actually absolutely have that conversation about potentially getting a kid out to Rodolfo and I and trying to do the boat competition again. So I kind of was waiting for the call, but it came in the form of, hey, maybe you should show up with a friend or a couple at this competition or at the, uh, I'm sorry, maybe you should show up at the conference with a friend or a couple and do a whole stress test challenge and do it live in front of everybody. So that's been, that was the hook. I mean, of course we said yes, because why wouldn't we do that again? And uh, from there, it's kind of grown into something that I think will be equally parts entertaining, challenging, and hopefully at the end, surprising. Excellent. Now, I again, I'm not going to give away too many details here, but I do need to warn this team that if in any way, shape or form, I end up with cake in my face, I am not going to be a happy camper. Oh no. Okay. Jacob, let's strike the dunk tank idea. I don't think that's going to work anymore. (laughs) We'll have to go back to the drawing board for that one. Full disclosure. I've been in dunk tanks before. Apparently I'm, uh, I'm decent enough at riling people up and getting them to spend lots of money. So they like to stick me in dunk tanks. That's always a compliment to be asked to be on the dunk. (laughs) (laughs) One of the other things I wanted to talk about, and I want to start with Andrew on this because I want to get his opinion before he hears what all of the contestants have to say. Andrew, I suspect that you had a rather heavy hand in determining the teams that went into the show. 
And I want to know some of your thought process, at least what you're able to share of what went into teaming up the different Baconier pairs and how you work to figure out some of that. That's a great question. So I guess I had an option at the beginning, which was to be involved in the casting process or not. And I chose very deliberately to step away from the casting process because I wanted to be as objective as possible in the judging. So I actually had no hand in pairing up the teams. That was my first time meeting the teams. When you see us on day one on the set, we didn't get a a pre-meet or anything. So when we saw them walk on for the first time, that was our first time seeing them in the teams. No, wait a second. Are you saying that when you look right into the camera and say, I scoured the world for the world's biggest <laughs> ears, <laughs> telling me you scour for me? You know, I think you've been in reality TV long enough, oh, Sarah, to oh. realize that not everything is 100% as it appears in the final edit. All right, I um, accept it. You know, I instructed the casting uh, producers about the kind of people we were looking for, people who were uh, well-rounded on baking, who had a load of experience, and also, you know, engineers who were were hands-on and had kind of really strong kind of theoretical basis. So I think, I think we delivered on that. I kind of gave some kind of criteria I thought they should look for. <laughs> But after that, I deliberately stepped away because as soon as if you've ever interviewed anybody at work or been involved in any kind of process, if you know too much at the outset, I think it can kind of influence you. So, yeah, that is that is something I would love to know and have never found out is what went into the matchmaking process. Excellent. Well, we would call that here in SWE checking your biases. So I appreciate that you did that before, quote unquote, picking a winner. I think that that I wish that you could have seen the surprised look on my face when you said that, because I, I was stunned to hear that. Let's spin the question a little bit differently then. How did you feel about the teams that they came up with? And why was I not called up to be on this show? <laughs> well, if we were lucky enough to get a series two, Dana, I'm sure I could pop you on the, uh, pop, <laughs> pop you on the list if you were. But after all you've heard, I mean, if, if, if you still want to sign up for it, then you've really got the chops for it. I mean, I think, I think the team's... So they didn't have any choice. I think that's the important thing to focus on here. And I'm really interested to hear their experiences of that was, you know, it wasn't as if they all got to, um, you know, sit down on day one, move around the table, and then a bit like, you know, speed dating, say, this was the one I preferred. There wasn't that sort of um, choice element. So they had to crack on with it. And in a way, that's a bit like, you know, engineering, working in any kind of uh, team setting, you don't always get to pick your colleagues. But in this case, especially when it's one-on-one, and there's quite a lot at stake. That is a high stress environment. So we were aware of that going in. I think we tried to provide a supportive environment and we were rooting for people to succeed. I wasn't rooting for anybody to fail. We wanted to see success. We knew there was challenging parameters within that. So I think the word of the series was maybe pivot. We heard a lot of pivoting. <laughs> um, trigger word, trigger word. But I know oh. there's a whole list of those now out there. There was a, yeah. <laughs> What was it? Pivoting. There was disjointed. I know that's one of your favorites, Brandy. Uh, um, yeah. I think you've got a tattoo that says disjointed. <laughs> no. <laughs> so there was there was worse that came up again and again. But that was just adapting as you went along because not everything always went to plan. If nobody had been able to make everything at scale before, so that was kind of part of the of the process was making the best of the situation if something hadn't quite gone to plan. But I'm very interested to hear everybody's experiences of that. Absolutely. I think that, again, I'm still stunned that you had nothing to do with that. And again, Sarah, thank you for calling him out for scouring the world to find the best. <laughs> but Brandy, I'm interested. I I really enjoyed watching Manuka. So I want to know how that first meeting went and what you what your thoughts were of Manuka when you actually did get to sit down and meet with him and start working with him. 
Manuka is a brilliant mind. We really hit it off, you know, because we could finish each other's sentences. Like he was really impressed that I knew so much about robotics because I build my own animatronics and, um, you know, getting to, it was just very, very difficult. Manuka is very, he's like a big kid, you know, and I felt (laughs) like I was constantly having to like redirect and the, the entire first episode, he spent almost the entire episode in the workshop. I would look around and everyone (laughs) else had their engineer and I'd be like, ah, you know, I was by myself. And so, but I'm not going to, sit here and say that, you know, it was just rainbows and unicorns the whole time because we really struggled. I mean, by the end, we were really about to kill each other. Now oh, no. we're on great, I know now we're on great terms and it's okay, but you know, it was hard. You have your own methods of doing things. And whenever you have to, like Rodolfo said, whenever you do have to trust someone else, you know, and their capabilities, it's difficult. So you know, I have no regrets. I wouldn't do it any other way. I was glad that Manuka was my partner in the end. And but it was hard. I feel like the show did a really good job of disguising that because I don't remember seeing you two having struggles. So kudos, Andrew, to your point of not wanting to make people look like they did not team well together or anything like that. Jacob, tell us a little bit about meeting Randy and how that went. Yeah. So I remember the first time I met Randy. And one of the first things she said to me is like, this is such a cool opportunity. And she goes, why do I need you? Like a full, like serious, like, just like, like I'm so like, she was, she was like, I've done this cake making stuff for so long. Why do I need an engineer? And that's how our conversation started. And it sounds cruel, but it was actually like, when I heard that, I was like, oh, we're going to work together super well. Cause she was never afraid to like push back on my ideas or like, counter what I had said, but she was also, once she heard something that she liked, she would be like, oh yeah, let's, and we could totally like push back on each other, but know that it was only because we wanted to build the best contraption in the end. And so we had a great working relationship of, you know, I would say something and then she would say something and we would just build on what each of us said. And it was a really cool relationship in that way. But after I met Randy, I got to meet, you know, the whole cast. And I remember that first meeting and we're all standing in this courtyard. And I just remember thinking, why am I here? Like these people are amazing people. They all speak so well and they all have such talented backgrounds. I was honestly very nervous at that point. And I remember starting the show and just being like, I don't know how I got cast here, but I'm so excited to do this. So those were my first impressions of both meeting Randy and meeting the rest of the cast. That's awesome. Well, clearly not Andrew, but somebody affiliated with Andrew saw something in you and definitely thought you would bring some value. And yeah, Sarah must have too. Sarah must have been like, hey, do you want to come to Houston? Yeah. And I I want to clarify, um, Randy is the nicest person you'll ever meet. But, (laughs) But that first impression, I was like, wow. And I had to think about it. So there's something to be said about being direct and exactly and it, clearly yeah. it worked in the long run here. Yeah. All right. Rodolfo and Sarah, you guys can't say bad things about each other because you're both on this podcast. <laughs> so, oh, is that a rule? I didn't realize that. Okay. Thank I you for clarifying before we started talking. <laughs> Rodolfo, what was your first thought when you met Sarah? So like, I remember the first conversation as well when I had with Sarah. I said, Sarah, 
you need to know something about me. I hate to lose. So <laughs> if you're here, we're going to go all the way to win. And she's like, I'm 100% in. And I was like, oh, I love her right away, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> so, but it was very important to put like, of course, we had a lot of stress moments, like when something started going on the wrong path. And, but uh, I remember, I know Brandy's is going to make fun of my butter, but she always make fun of my accent. <laughs> um, I remember like Sarah, like uh, if he, something is going wrong, like 20 minutes in and you try and try and go wrong, like, and she teach me a new word that I never heard in my life. It was in the middle of something. And she said, Rodolfo, pivot. I said, what the heck is pivot? I don't know what that means. <laughs> so I learned a lot of good stuff with her. And I love every little thing about her. Like she was very patient to, with me. Sometimes I can be very individual. And she learning how to go through me as well. Like, and see like how to make me do something that sometimes like you oh i don't want to do it this way but she showed me a way to do something so i love i think our connection was really good so i love i love you sarah Ugh, my you. turn right dana <laughs> it, it is but i i've got to throw one last plug in for pivot i know that sarah mentioned rodolfo i don't even know that you know sarah has already talked about how you didn't know the word pivot and i just love that story so much it brought a smile to my face but sarah go ahead well, I mean, it's a bit of a set fest over here with Rodolph. I mean, I do love everything about him, of course, every single thing too. But well, I mean, what was really good to think about us is that it taught me a new way to work with somebody who's an equally strong personality. And sometimes I have a chance or I have a tendency rather to be a bit domineering when I think I'm right, especially. And in some cases, I wasn't in this uh, right. in this that, kind of that challenge. That never happens. <laughs> never happens with engineers. I don't know I, what you're I talking don't know about. Where that, that comes from, but you know, in certain lanes, I did feel confident to challenge him, and in certain ways, he was certainly willing to teach and challenge me as well. So, you know, I came out not just with a knowledge of baking that I didn't have before, but also a new tool in my toolkit of sort of negotiating and working through difficult situations. But I, I appreciated right away that. One of the things that uh, I think both of us weren't willing to compromise was trying to find a way to have fun through the whole thing. And there were moments, as you've heard, many different versions <laughs> of that were very stressful, but we were able to find a way to laugh and have a great time. And I really appreciated that every day we came with, you know, a smile on our best and we're able to just say, let's just go do whatever crazy thing Andrew's going to make us do today. <laughs> uh, one other important thing that happened a lot, like, and this happened every other day like any kind of job is like when we did something wrong during the show we don't try to point like oh it was your fault it was your fault like we trying to find a solution and uh, i think this got us together all the way to the end like we didn't fight we had any problems like we're trying to find a solution not like put a uh, pointing fingers like oh rodolfo you did this now this is wrong. Like uh, we lost like one hour. Like, what are we going to do? Like, we just like, what are we going to do now? Like, let's pivot. There's no time. There's no time for fighting. <laughs> but, well, and that's such an important lesson. I think as engineers, we sometimes learn, but sometimes we don't, right? There's, there's teams where they do pivot. I'm going to stick it in there. They do pivot and they find a way to overcome those challenges. And there's teams that don't. And the teams that do are the ones that are successful, whether it's baconeering or anything else in life. Okay. 
this whole discussion got me thinking about hidden skills. I feel like a few of you have kind of hinted about hidden skills you learned about your partners on the show. And I was wondering if you could do a quick hit. What was one takeaway of a hidden skill you found in your partner that you weren't expecting? And I can go in reverse order this time. Sarah. Oh, no. Can I go first? You want to go first, Rodolfo? Go ahead. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> because I have something that I didn't expect and nobody expected this on the show. And maybe she can show you on this podcast, but Asada can beatbox. What? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're going to hate me for that. <laughs> I wish I could throttle you right now. <laughs> yeah. In the edit, I mean, we did a ton of things that never get shown in the final edit and One of them was in the robot episode. The robot also had to have a skill and every robot did something different, danced or sang or all all kinds of different things. And yes, our robot beatbox. That's true. (laughs) But I hear that you beatboxed and you kind of dodged that by talking about your robot. (laughs) It's true. I do beatbox. I was in an acapella group in college. And one of the secret skills I learned while I was there was beatboxing, among other things, arranging. And also, I'm going to point out that Andrew was also in an acapella group when he was in school. Isn't that right, Andrew? Yeah, don't try to get out of beatboxing on the microphone, though, Sarah. Nice try. (laughs) We'll come back to that. Don't worry. In fact, I'm almost thinking a live performance while we're in Houston. Oh, I see. I was going to suggest I'll do the outro here, but, you know, okay, fine. I'll (laughs) practice for a live performance. (laughs) However, I am wondering, there's got to be like an outtakes reel coming somewhere. Andrew, do you have the footage you could put together? Oh, I wish I did. It's probably buried in a vault somewhere at Netflix. Ah. <laughs> oh my god. That's gosh. unfortunate. There was so much if if I may speak, there were so many things that were just so funny that they cut. I just I don't know. I think mean, we we really did laugh more than That's true. I mean, we literally, you know, it was I really wish our personalities would have been conveyed more, you know, but there were so many things, you know, if I can go to my thing, something I love about my partner that I didn't realize was Manuka is a freaking comedian. I mean, the dude is so funny. <laughs> he literally, there were times, you know, I just wanted to punch him in the face, but he would say something funny and then that would just smooth everything over. But Manuka is literally, he could probably do stand up. And, <laughs> and his pants were too big. So we all saw Manuka's butt crack the whole time. <laughs> it's true. The last day I was like, Manuka, I love you, but I never want to see your butt crack ever again. Why, why do you think there was so much editing, Brandy? <laughs> yeah. Now I know why that little blurry blob thing kept following us all around. The <laughs> oh, my goodness. I Okay. I'm going to go back to Sarah for Rodolfo's hidden talent, but I'm I'm not sure that you're going to be able to top these last couple here. No, and uh, maybe we can make him do it, uh, you know, in in uh, person in Houston as well. But I found that every time Rodolfo wanted to de-stress, I would find him playing hacky sack. And it didn't matter if it was with an actual hacky sack or a discarded piece of fondant or Rice Krispie (laughs) treat or something. But I kept turning around and he can do amazing things. Probably from his uh, soccer footballing, you know, love. (laughs) But uh, that's certainly a talent of his. I feel like a Rice Krispie ball might be about the right consistency for a hacky sack. Rodolfo, can you weigh in on this? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Only if she beatbox. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair. 
Jacob, what was one of Randy's hidden skills that you weren't quite aware of at the time? Yeah, something I didn't expect from you know our initial conversation was Randy ended up being the like best. All I can describe it as is like a mom presence to me. Anytime that like I you know said something or was nervous or whatever, she was just like very calming and just like, oh Jacob, it's going to be okay, and like was just. It felt like my mom was right there, like just Aww. helping me through it. It was actually, it's something I didn't expect from our initial uh, meet, but something that was so great moving forward, you know, like having, having that type of interaction and, and that type of person there just to help guide me along as we went through the show. Did she also do things like shoot you disapproving glares if you were swearing oh, or anything like that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Need to make sure we're equal on both oh. sides here, right? The positive and, and, um, maybe not quite as positive aspects yeah. of a mom. Those may have also been edited out in the, <laughs> uh, the final cut. I feel like, and we're not on video here, obviously it's a podcast. Maybe you'll get to see some of it in person, but I feel like my eyebrows tell way more of a story than they ever should. And I don't even know if anybody had to edit that out, what that would look like. It might be kind of like Manuka's fuzziness following him around. There's just like <laughs> the over makeup bars on my eyebrows trying to hide all of it. Jacob, I know we just talked to you and it sounds like you've got some great lessons and had some great influences around you. What was the biggest lesson you learned while you were on the show? Yeah, I I think the biggest thing that I took away from the show is that everyone thinks and processes so differently. And you can see this between the teams, but also within teams between the two partners, where when you're presented with the challenge, everyone comes up with such different ideas and different solutions. But then also, everyone works on it so differently. And I think being, you know, in the first challenge, working on the boat, working with Randy, I just realized how, how differently we thought about things and how we thought to approach the problem was so different. And I'm, you know, very, you know, straightforward and, and critical thinking. And she's being so creative over there. And like the merge of those two really worked out well. But in the beginning, I was like, why aren't we thinking about this critically? Like, this is how we need to do this. But if we had thought about it that way, there's no way we would have come up with the, the whimsical boat that we came up with. And so I think the biggest takeaway for me was just how differently everyone is able to approach things and, and how cool it is when those uh, different approaches and perspectives come together. I love that. That's such a meaningful lesson. And I don't know if you all know yet, but while we're all in Houston, I've heard that I get to drop in and spy on you all a little bit. So I'm looking forward to seeing all of that in action just among the four of you and how the different approaches kind of come into play as you all are working together. All right. I'm going to go round robin on my screen here. So Sarah, I've got you next. Awesome. There's so many lessons. I've got like a whole keynote speech about all the lessons I learned because it was such a journey for me from start to finish. But I think really the biggest one is that there really isn't that much that's impossible, you know, in our world. And I think when we go into a situation that we've never tried before, it's really dangerous to set limits on what we think we can do. You know, not unlike Jacob, I had that dark moment of the soul where I'm like, what the hell am I doing here with all these <laughs> incredible minds and these genius bakers? And, you know, it ended up obviously different than the way that I had it sort of cataloged as how the, the story would go. And that was probably the biggest, most important lesson that I'm applying all over my life now that I took away from the show for sure. 
So duly noted, Andrew, maybe you need to change the title if there is a season two from Baking Impossible to Baking Really Hard. (laughs) Well, Baking Possible doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? It doesn't. Baking Nearly Impossible. It's that's a lot of syllables, though. Rodolfo, I've got you next up on my screen. What's what sort of lesson did you learn? Biggest takeaway? All right. So for me, 100 percent, it was trust. You know, like uh, like I said before, it's not that I have trust issues, but taking like and giving stuff that I normally are going to take care of and give it to someone to hand hand it to someone. Yeah, it was very important for me to learn this part and giving my trust as well to Sarah. So she, she could trust me. And one thing that as well is like, is not because you have one idea that it's going to be a hundred percent right or and she going to be 100% wrong because she have a different idea. We just need to connect it together and to find the best solution between those two ideas. So it was really nice to discuss with Sarah, but not in a bad way, just like find the best solution from two different ideas. So this was very important to me because sometimes like being like I have my own business being a boss, sometimes I put an idea out there and this is the way it's going to be. But during the show, like I put an idea there, like, sorry, no, I have <laughs> this idea. That's not the way it's so, going to be, sir. <laughs> yeah. So it was really good to me to see that uh, you not always have the right ideas. <laughs> so it, it was very important. So you learn a lot, you know, we learn a lot. Love it. I love the the nice warm fuzzies I'm getting coming off of Rodolfo here. It might be because you're in the same building as Sarah right now and you still have to see her after this. Unclear. I'm convinced, Dana. He's just being nice because I'm putting him up for the night. As soon as right? that's over, it's all fakery. I agree. I agree. It, it's all fakery. It's fakery. <laughs> Brandy, tell us a little bit about your biggest lesson. My biggest lesson was definitely to have more patience and kind of like what Rodolfo said to listen to other ideas and know, you know, that your idea isn't the only one and it's not always the right one. You know, there were many times that I was just dead set that my idea was the right way to go and I was wrong and I ate my words. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have a very strong personality and I'm very, I can be, I am very high strung. And so it was very eye opening to me to calm down just calm down a little bit and to have a lot more patience, especially when you're dealing with other people and different backgrounds and different ideas and things like that, you know, just to hear people out. Brandy, I feel like you and I might be long lost soul sisters. We might need to connect and you might need to teach me the ways of gaining some patience. I struggle a lot with that. So I thank you for echoing that and hopefully I can take it to heart. Well, now I didn't say I am more patient. <laughs> I said I Fair. need to be. <laughs> All right. Maybe we'll just start a support group for people yeah. that need to be. <laughs> yeah. Every Thursday, we'll FaceTime at 9 a.m. and talk about ways we need to be more patient. Excellent. Andrew, surely you learned some stuff going through this whole process, starting a show, a show that nobody has ever had an idea to do before. But what was your biggest takeaway or your biggest lesson from going through this whole process? Well, it's a tough one for me. I think the thing that really opened my eyes, because when I saw who we were going to have on the show, I thought, gosh, they're all supremely talented. You know, you see some of the CVs, some of the things people have done and you think, gosh. But the thing that really opened my eyes was it felt like everybody had that slight imposter syndrome when they had the, 
challenges and everybody thought it that everybody else was way more qualified to do it. And then everybody made these incredible efforts to meet the challenges. So that was eye-opening for me because in my head, I thought, gosh, they, they will be like pretty confident behind the scenes because they've you know nailed things in their respective areas. But actually, it was useful for me to see because I was, this was my first time judging as well. So also, you know, I tried to look like a swan on the outside, but was kind of <laughs> screaming internally for the first two weeks as we were working out how it was all going to kind of pan out with the judging and everything and how we got the challenges right. So it was, it's reassuring to hear that, you know, hopefully everybody took away a little bit of, oh, no, I can, I can do that. If we break it down into steps, then I'm, I'm really capable in all these areas. And it's just reassuring to hear that other people feel the same way. And they were, you know what, they were great. I do want to say kind of, we wouldn't have a show without the contestants. And, you know, we put them through the mill. They had to work for really long hours. <laughs> they had to work with ridiculous briefs, sometimes that, you know, changed at the last minute under really tough circumstances. And the good humor is what I remember. I mean, I sometimes felt like I was missing out because I could hear kind of the laughter coming from the set. And we'd be like, oh, oh, what are we missing? So, you know, it was it was a really good vibe. But I'm really grateful to everybody for what they brought to it, because without them, we would have just had an empty studio with loads of kit. It's to me, it's really touching to hear you say that. First of all, it did not come through that various teams were struggling with confidence or imposter syndrome as they were going through it. And I think that that's something a lot of us have, even if we kind of squash it down and try to ignore it. It's good to know that these people, these accomplished, amazing people have done so many amazing things, but they were still struggling when you throw these somewhat insane challenges their way. Can I say something really funny real quick, Andrew? Because I want you to hear this. <laughs> so I'm worried, Manuka- Brandy. I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> Manuka Get the sensor ready. <laughs> Manuka and I learned literally like 30 minutes in. Okay, you screw up. Don't say it out loud. <laughs> so we would <laughs> we would pass notes all the time, like, holy shit, I just screwed the filling up. And we would be like, oh my God, you need to redo it. And so we'd be passing notes all the time because here's the thing, production and those cameras, they are listening to every word. you say. <laughs> so if you mess something up and you're like, crap, I just screwed up my custard, you know, or whatever, they're going to hear that. So even if they tasted it and they didn't really think it was bad, you put it into existence that it's bad. So I would be like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is perfect. But I would turn around and look at Manuka and be like, oh my gosh, it's awful. (laughs) We were constantly passing notes to each other on set to say the bad things that were going down because we were afraid to say them out loud. Oh, that is, I mean, that is very funny for me to hear, Brandy, because obviously, you know, if we, if we saw a bead of sweat on your forehead, we want a nice slow zoom on that. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. was that difficult for you? Because you've got, I remember when everybody walked onto set and it was kind of quiet walking. I remember you shouting over, hiya, or something similar. Hey, y'all. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey, and you were waving and I was like, oh gosh, are we allowed to interact? We're getting like the serious walk on. And you were like, hiya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, I wonder if like the quiet note passing was difficult for you when something did go wrong. Of course to kind of, it like, was. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I'm dying here. I love it. I'm I'm going to give everybody else one chance to share a funny nugget should they choose to. So Jacob, anything funny you want to share? Well, I've just been laughing for the last like two minutes. 
because <laughs> I'm thinking about th- what you just said, Brandy. And Randy and I were quite possibly the worst at remembering <laughs> that we were mic'd all the time. <laughs> yeah. And so we would we would just be chit-chatting during like judging or something like that. And all of a sudden I'd be like, Randy, wait, we can't say that. Like, you know, just like totally like, remember they're listening to us and she'd be like, Oh, Oh yeah. And then she'd be like, I don't care. I want to say this, you know? Um, so that you, just listening to you say that, I, that's a lesson I wish that uh, Randy and I had learned earlier on. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I really want to know what those conversations right? were. <laughs> I'm sure Again, it's somewhere in the vaults. In the vault. Andrew, yeah. we need access to the vault. What, well, maybe we can take? break in. Maybe we can bake in yeah. here something to break in. <laughs> exactly. Challenge exactly. Uh, Dana, I can go like, next. I'll share yeah, a, a absolutely. funny story. Absolutely. And listen, I don't want to make it sound like Drinking to excess is a way to handle stress. I want to make sure that I say that first before I tell this story. But, but if you remember the uh, the shake table one, Brandy and Manuka made a sake fountain. Oh, she's laughing already. <laughs> they made a sake fountain. And one of the great lines that got cut was they asked about whether she'd been to Japan. And she said, no, but I could put a hurting on some sake, which was hilarious and somehow didn't make it on the family show. But I understand why. But the story I was actually going to tell about the sake was afterwards when we knew that they weren't going to need it for the next episode. Brandy and I stashed that bottle of sake in the women's restroom. And like everyone else, knowing that we were mic'd, would walk in, make the shh sign, find the bottle, take a quick sip, and then we're done again. <laughs> we hid it up underneath the sink in the plumbing. And we would go in there and crawl up underneath the sink and get it down and take some shots of sake. <laughs> now, again, I just want to make it clear to anyone listening out there that that is for extreme circumstances only. And I wouldn't recommend that for daily stress. You know, yeah. I would say like building an edible car, probably extreme circumstances. <laughs> exactly. It might, might take a little sake for me to get the brain cells moving in the right direction to even figure out where to start on that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Rodolfo, what do you have? So like we're in a competition, but we became really good friends. Like it's not that uh, uh, we are cheering for each other, but uh, you don't, we don't want to see like anybody leaving. So after like long days of shooting, we're going back to the hotel. So we have a fire pit that we just have dinner over there and drinking. And uh, Cindy always taking pictures of me sleeping by the fire. So <laughs> after dinner, I was like sleeping. And so she sent me like 100 pictures like every day, like after half an hour. I was sleeping, like everybody drinking and have fun, and I was sleeping. <laughs> so we, we now know how Rodolfo processes stress. He yeah. goes back and eats dinner and crashes. Big time Duly noted. <laughs> Duly noted. Oh my goodness. I, my cheeks hurt from laughing talking to all of you. I cannot wait for We22 in Houston to get to meet you all in person, to figure out what you all have up your sleeve. Like I said, I only have little snippets. Our members have very few snippets. They only know what we've shared with them today. So I will give you all one last chance if there's any other little nuggets you want to leave our members with before we go on what to expect when they get to Houston, at least from your perspective. Well, I mean, the theme this year is outer space and celebrating so much uh, aerospace engineering. And so We definitely plan to make sure that a cake gets delivered, and we definitely plan to include the theme. But I don't know, Jacob or Brandy or Rodolfo, is there anything else that you want to reveal at this time? Oh, my God. (laughs) Just 
Oh no, I can't say that. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't want to review anything, but I can say the word projectiles. That's fair to say. We can say projectiles. I was going to say a full scale Saturn V, but edible. <laughs> Listen, Andrew, you, it's time for you to sign off. I think. <laughs> but it, it's crazy. It's something that I like we never did before. It's something like crazy, like baking possible. That's a good way of putting it because we had one idea, you know, about what we thought would be great, and then all of a sudden. Our baker team came to us and said, what if we did it bigger? And then we were like, <laughs> Jacob and I had to confer and they were like, okay, we can go bigger. So uh, yeah, we've already been challenged from a scale perspective. And I think um, <laughs> hopefully we'll do something that not only is impressive, but also is successful. And original, original. And original. All sure. of it sounds amazing. I cannot wait. I think that our members should be really excited and be sure to go into the app and mark that on their calendar. Like I said, I cannot wait to meet all of you in person. I'm not sure when I'll show up and crash your party a little bit. I know that there's going to be some folks taking some footage of the craziness going on. And I don't know that there's a better word than craziness. I suspect that's (laughs) going to be the best word for for all of it. But I'm really excited to hear that you all feel like you're pushing your skills. So I think it's it's going to be amazing. I mean, really, is there a better job than to be asked to come and do something as ridiculous (laughs) as a follow-up to Baking Impossible? I mean, really, thank you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, a huge thank you to all the people that figured out how the heck to make this happen. I think it's it'll be, like you said, Sarah, it'll be fun. I can't wait. But I want to take the time to thank you all for spending some time with me on a Friday afternoon here. Well, here in Chicago, it's a little dreary, a dreary Friday afternoon, but hopefully not dreary where you're at. Spending some time talking to me about what all you have up your sleeve and what all you all learned back in your Baking Impossible days. I think that this conversation was great. Like I said, my cheeks hurt from laughing so much. I had so much fun talking to all five of you. And Andrew, I'm going to start with you. Any words of wisdom for your Baconeers here as they get ready to embark on this journey? Well, you know, they've had the intense training regime. It's really over to them (laughs) now to deliver. And I'm really looking forward to um, watching from afar and seeing what they come up with. But I know it's going to be very exciting and they're going to have a fun time doing it. And I'm sure we'll get you looped into understanding what all they had up their sleeve and their planning. Again, I'm really excited. This is going to be collaborative, although the competitor in me is a little sad. I don't get to pick a winner. At least I don't think I do. I don't know. Maybe Sarah, Rodolfo, Jacob, Brandy, you can correct me if I'm wrong there. I think there's definitely a possibility if you have a burning desire to be selective. We can certainly (laughs) write you in a role. (laughs) We'll see what we can do there. Parting thoughts from our engineering half of the baking teams. I'll jump right in. I mean, I think another lesson that I learned was that there's still so much work we need to do to make the world understand what engineers do and how we operate. And I think things like SWE and the conference that you're holding are a wonderful opportunity to to connect people and keep that energy alive. So I'm just thrilled that um, an outcome of the show was to be able to support groups like yours more and uh, help kind of be an ambassador for engineering. And uh, I'm really hoping that the conference is going to be as big of a blast as I have it in my mind. So thanks so much for having us, Dana. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Thank you, Sarah. Go ahead, Jacob. I'm going to be a little bit more lighthearted here and just say when Sarah first asked me if I would join this team, I believe my response was just, you mean they're asking me to come eat more cake? I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> true story. <laughs> yeah, pretty true. Yeah. Now, I, I don't think Fred will be there, but as long as there's other cake to, to eat, I think you'll be good, right? 
but it should be at least almost as delicious. Okay. <laughs> I trust that Rodolfo and Brandy are some pretty darn good bakers. Speak now or forever. Hold your peace, Rodolfo and Brandy. Well, Do you I am. I don't know. Over the bar. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, that's the kind of funny talk we love to hear, Brandy. <laughs> but I just wanted to say a really quick thank you to Andrew because had you not ever had this idea and had you not pushed for this show, but none that's of us true. would have these amazing opportunities. So true. And you are just such an endearing person. And we all absolutely love and adore you. And thank you, Dana and Swee, for having us. And it's so humbling to get this opportunity. And, you know, it feels surreal and out of body. And I'm just so grateful to all of you guys for including us and allowing us to come and build something crazy for you guys. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, I'm going to pass you your bribe later, Brandy. Thanks for that. <laughs> 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 Rodolfo, oh. any parting thoughts from you? Oh, no, it's just like, for me, like I'm coming from another country. So my message is always like, never give up on any of your dreams. And I see like Sarah, she's an engineer. So she's an inspiration for a lot of people as well. So never give up, you know, that's a, a message that I can't leave here. It, it's a great message. Thank you for that, Rodolfo. Andrew, thank you for making engineer a slightly more household word. You know, I'm going to echo some of what's been said. I think the access to the profession and the highlight that you've thrown on it has really helped. And I hope that between that and the diversity of the people and the engineers you had on the show, there's more kids sitting in households right now saying, hey, I want to be an engineer when I grow up. Maybe not quite somebody that wants to make edible cars. I don't know that I would get in an edible car. <laughs> but I hope that there's at least been some level of access that they've been able to gain from this show. So thank you for having these crazy ideas and getting such a great group of people together to make them come into reality. Thank you, Danette. Yeah, hand, handpicked, handpicked, as we say. <laughs> I'm hitting him on this side. <laughs> no, I, I hope it's had that impact. And I know it's been really popular with families and it's what, what these guys have made and putting themselves out there is what's inspired people really. So I just, I just kind of, made the outline, but they really filled in the picture and put in all the beautiful details. Excellent. Well, thank you all so much. And I'm Dana. And for all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your social network. You can keep up to date with our podcast on Instagram at SWE Diverse Podcast and on our blog, altogether at altogether.swe.org.